Father, we just thank you, Lord, for this evening, and I just thank you, Lord, for each and every woman that is here, Lord. I thank you that you know them intimately. You created them, you formed them, Lord, and there's nothing hidden from them. I know some are suffering with health things right now, Lord, and I just ask that you would just touch them right now, that they would not fear or, or be distracted, Lord, or, or, um, or just afraid in any way, Lord, of their future, because we know that um, you hold our future in your hands, and our days are numbered, and you are the one that numbers them, Lord. So I just pray that anyone that's sick right now, that you would just touch them. And I pray um, for our hearts, Lord, that you would prepare our hearts for this message tonight. Lord, I thank you that we can gather in this place, Lord, freely, that we don't have to worry about um, being uh, kept underground, Lord. Thank you that we have freedom in this country to praise your name and to sing uh, praises to you and to come and worship you with our Bibles open on these tables, Lord. I, I um, I just love you, and I thank you for that. And Lord, I ask that you would you would just speak through me tonight, Lord, that I would just be your vessel, Lord, cleanse and clear me, Father, that um, I would just be here for you to speak through and to touch these lives of these ladies, Lord, and uh, I just ask for a ref- refilling of the Holy Spirit, Lord, in me and in, in each of these ladies, Lord, fill us afresh, Lord, we need you. These lives are so hard at times, but with you, Lord, better is a thousand days, a, a thousand years in, in your court, Lord, than than anywhere else. And I pray that you'd help us to really see that. No matter where we're at in our lives, no matter what we're going through, it's better with you always. We love you and we praise you and we give this night to you in Jesus' name. Amen. So uh, last week we were in uh, 1 Corinthians, the first part of chapter 10. So if you guys brought your Bibles, Please uh, follow along with me tonight. If you don't have a Bible, there are Bibles at the, in the back. I saw them. I think they're on the chair back there. Um, so you can bring your Bible every week and just follow along. Uh, right now, we don't have homework. We have table talk questions. Um, I will give you homework starting in January. So <laughs> um, that you can do at home and, and dive in the Word together. Uh, one of the, the cool things this year that, for those of you that are um, new tonight, is we have the, the teens with us. We have junior high and high schoolers that we want to have and be a part so we can, we can um, teach them and train them in the ways of the Lord and, and be a support for them and show them how to be young ladies. And then we also get blessed by their youthfulness. I do. I feel like I never want to grow up. I would be, <laughs> I'd be a lost boy, but a girl. Because um, it's just fun, fun being around those kids. So... Thank you that uh, you guys came tonight. So let's start. And we're going to be in verse 14. Sorry, I always get nervous. You guys probably can tell. So just don't even look at me. Just look at your Bible. <laughs> so verse 14. But if we go back to 13 real quick, this was last week. No temptation has overtaken you. This is Paul, again, Paul addressing the Corinthian church says, no temptation has overtaken you except such as is common to man, but God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation will make a way, will also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. And, and that's so true in, in our lives. No matter what you're going through, no matter where you're at, no matter what the temptation may be, there's always a way out. We don't have excuse to say, I couldn't help it. I sinned. No 
God gives us a way out. But when we do fall, he's there to receive us in our repentance. So praise God. We walk by faith. (laughs) And we are saved because of grace. So verse 14. Therefore, my beloved, free from idolatry. Flee, sorry. Flee from idolatry. So Paul, remember the context from last week. He's addressing the Corinthian church. The the Corinthians lived in a huge city that was filled with pagans. There there was not just like a Calvary Chapel, this big church, um, like a Costa Mesa or here. There were these little home churches um, spread out throughout this ginormous city. And uh, in the city, there was pagan worship. There was uh, legalized prostitution. There was all kinds of things that, um, that would be hard to deal with. But we can relate to them because we live in a similar society. We, we're in a little community on the mountain, but we go not too far down to San Bernardino, and we have the highest crime rate in the county, or the county has the highest crime rate. Um, so we, we can see that. We can relate to them. So Paul's addressing them because throughout the book of Corinthians, we see that he's addressing them for different things. They're, um, they're, not, they're not doing things orderly. They're a little bit lost and confused on different things. So as we look at that and we see um, Paul's addressing them in a way he loves them. He, he approaches them, therefore my beloved. He loves them. They're, he started that church. He loves these people. But he's telling them to flee. Not just like, don't try not to do that, but flee. Like run the other way. Don't do this. And when he says flee from idolatry in the original text, there's a word before idolatry that actually means the. So it's like the idolatry. And what he's talking about here is the, the pagan worship. They were, um, the, these Christians were, some of them were partaking in dinners in a pagan temple. So probably don't want to do that, right? We're not, <laughs> we should not be doing that. Not that, uh, we don't really have that happening on the mountain, I don't think, but, we get the idea of don't don't get so close to sin that you don't sin. Like stay away from it, be far away from it. And these are Christians that um, that need to be reminded to stay away from the idolatry. So he says, therefore, my beloved, flee from idolatry. I speak as to wise men. Judge for yourselves what I say. Uh, these people were common, or it was common among them to be very boastful and think they had much. You know, they were puffed up, had much knowledge and wisdom, and they thought themselves to be very smart. Um, and so he's kind of being sarcastic to them as I speak as to wise men, judge for yourselves what I say. He wants them to listen. And if they're truly wise, then they will listen to his counsel. So sometimes we have that little pride going, well, I know better, but we need to just listen, like, you know, cut it down and listen. So verse 16, the cup of blessing, which we bless is not, is it not the communion of the blood of Christ, the bread? The bread which we break is not the communion, is it not the communion of the body of Christ? For we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. When we take communion or or like when they took communion, that's for that's fellowship with the Lord. But if you picture in a small household, there's a loaf of bread, and they're pulling from that bread. Now these churches had people that were rich. There there was much um, diversity in the community there's very wealthy there's very poor there's slaves there's free but when you took up the bread you became one and and we can see that example for us it doesn't matter what you make because when you come here you're one and we should have that expression when we're outside of the body not just here in these four walls 
of the church, but we need to, to have that example to be, to have that unity with not only the, the Lord, because we're, we're taking the, the communion, but I think nowadays, because it's passed on a plate, sometimes we forget the, um, the beauty of this, where we're actually, they were taking a part of the bread, the body, which represented the body of Christ. So you have the blood, which is grape juice nowadays, but it represents Jesus' blood being spilled out, and you have the body, his body on the cross for us. So if they're doing these things, he's, he's trying to express to them that you guys do this as one, but then you're over here in sin, like you're hanging out, dabbling with, with pagan uh, worshipers, and, and there was bad stuff happening in the temple, and they're sitting there. Maybe they're not partaking of the bad stuff, but they're a part of it. So if you sit if you sit around and you're you're watching it, it's it's pretty bad. It's like you're doing it yourself. So Second um, Corinthians six seventeen, therefore, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. He was telling them to come away from those things. Don't do those things because when you're partaking here, you're calling yourself a Christian. You're you're supposed to be following the ways of the Lord. You're partaking of communion, then then act like it. Separate yourselves. We are sanctified. We're separated when we're with the Lord. As Christians, we're supposed to not be of the world, right? We're not to conform to the world, but um, we're in it. So it's hard. We're still in it, but we need to separate ourselves. 17, for we, though many, are one bread and one body, for we all partake of that one bread. There's unity there. And that's that's something the Lord keeps putting on my heart for our women's ministries. There's got to be unity. And that's why... This year we're in here, not doing groups. We're not doing separate. We're just in one so we can have that unity because we're not, we're not called to be divisive. We shouldn't be divisive. And that was happening among these churches in Corinthian. In Corinthians, the Christians, because they were having home churches, which is great, but there's different leaders, and then the leaders would fight and, and argue over who was right instead of looking at the point. Looking at, stick to the point. The point is, Jesus died for my sins. And I want to share that with everybody else so they can be saved too. So, verse 17, 18, Observe Israel after the flesh. Are not those who ate of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? So even those that were partaking of the sacrifices at the altar in the Old Testament, they still, they were not doing things right either. Maybe they'd eat of the wrong God said, leave this portion for me, right, to burn the fat for him, but maybe they're partaking of that, and they're not doing the things rightly. We have, if God gives us an order to follow it, there's a reason for it, so we keep ourselves from those things. 19, what am I saying then? That an idol is anything, or or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God, and I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. So we know idols, they're not real gods. We know that. There's one God. There's one God. That's it. But these idols are people, man-made things that, that people have created to maybe sacrifice their children to or do other wicked things. But what they don't realize is that they were sacrificing to demons. It's real, but it's not an idol. It's, it's, not, a, it's not a god. It's a demon. And that's us too. We either worship the Lord or we're worshiping demons. There's one or the other in the world. And people don't realize that. 
is they think, oh, it's, it's this God or this God. Well, there is only one true God, so you can't, you know, you can't be um, thinking that those people are worshiping uh, like the golden calf when, <laughs> when the Israelites uh, pressured and then Aaron went ahead and, and listened and threw the, the gold in there and all the, their possessions and it comes out a golden calf. You know, I just kind of think it's funny that it came out a golden calf. <laughs> it's a cow and it falls over. And um, But just to see, like, we we need to realize what we're doing. If we're calling ourselves Christians, but we're, we're dabbling in these other things, it's not good. So we, we don't even realize what we're doing then half the time. Um, 20. Rather that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have the fellowship with demons. You cannot drink of the cup of the Lord and the cup of the demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? Don't provoke the Lord. Maybe you're in a spot right now where you're like one foot in, one foot out. You can't sure. You're like thinking you're doing the hokey pokey with the Lord. But the reality is it's one or the other. And so our lives are an example to others as well and what they see. And so God takes it seriously. He doesn't want, he is a jealous God. He's jealous for us. He loves us so much that he doesn't want us, our eyes to be somewhere else. If we're claiming Christ then we need to be following Christ fully and not partake of the things that are not of the Lord. Um, I have an example for that. Um, I remember when I first got saved, I didn't know where the limits were. Um, and I remember I loved to dance, so I would go uh, clubbing with a friend, and the friend wasn't saved. She was, uh, she was married, had kids, and I was married and had kids. And uh, we would go to clubs, and I remember, I remember I'd get this little check in my spirit. I'm sure it was the Holy Spirit, like, I don't think so, because not that dancing's bad. It's not, it's not a bad thing to dance, but when you go to those clubs, it's a pickup place. I never drank. I never danced with guys. I didn't do any of those things, so it's not that I was, like, in sin, but one night I didn't go, and my girlfriend ended up committing adultery with a guy because the temptation was, was steep. It was there. This guy gave her attention. Her husband wasn't very nice to her that night. So there, therefore she goes, and, and she has to live with that for the rest of her life. Yeah, she can be forgiven of it, but there's still consequences when we do those things. So, um, yeah, so be careful how close you, uh, you feel like you can get without really doing it, you know. Be careful what you have in your home, too. You know, not to be legalistic. It's not that we, we think we can be better than if we don't. You know, you have your little checklist. I'm not going to watch rated R. I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to. Because there's obviously rated R movies that are Christian. There's the Passion of the Christ is an R movie. But maybe your conscience is um, you can't do that. You can't watch that movie. But what are the other things that you're allowing into your home? What if you're allowing, um, I mean, I know I know, I have friends whose whose husbands are, doing pornography and things like that. And so even as women, women can struggle with that. But the, the eyes of the Lord aren't, aren't all. So he sees it all. So don't ever feel like you can, well, it's, it's okay. There's always grace. Don't have that attitude because we never know. We never know our last, our last hour. And the heart of the matter, too. Are you, were these people just in it for fire insurance, in a sense? Like, they don't want to go to hell, 
So they're going to receive Christ, but they can live however they want. So we need to be careful that if we're getting that check in our spirit, the Lord's showing us maybe we need to stop doing something. So I challenge you guys tonight, like think about that. If there is something, maybe the Lord's already been working on um, your heart for something. Um, or even with friends, you're, you're doing stuff with friends that, you know, maybe not, isn't so good. I, I did the Ouija board as a little girl, a teenager, and I remember that ain't good. Like, there was, it was real. I will tell you it is real. It is not little idols. It's demonic. So I did it, and it was, uh, there is power and force behind that, but it's the wrong power and force that you want. So, okay, picking up in 23. Paul says, all things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify or are profitable. And different translations say that. So yeah, you're free. You're a free person. You're not a slave. You have freedom in Christ. But is it worth it? Is it worth it? Is it going to help you? Is it going to get better? It's like, okay, I can eat that. Even whatever that food is, it's not going to, I'm okay to eat. I can eat that. However, there's natural consequences to it. You know, you're free to do different things, but is it worth it? Um, Let no one seek his own, but each other the other's well-being. Eat whatever is sold in the market, the meat market, asking no questions for conscience sake. For the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. So back then they had this meat market um, in in the city parameters, but the meat had been sacrificed, some of it had been sacrificed in the pagan temples. And so Paul is saying, okay, yeah, there's meat that's been, um, that's been sacrificed to something, but you in Christ, it's not, don't even let that affect you in the sense of that's not going to separate you from Christ because you're not, you're not partaking in that. If you're buying meat because that's where you buy your meat, um, it's okay. Now, if you're per- participating in it or you're practicing in it and I can think of us for examples I have um, friends over the years you know you you go to this coffee shop or that coffee shop and everybody's got to you know I can't do that because they they practice this or they okay if you knowingly know that then follow that but don't put your your conscious onto someone else don't put your oh my gosh I I can never eat there again because they um, whatever the thing was but your friend's like, well, I don't know. I mean, I didn't even know about that. And, and they don't have the same conviction. It's okay. Like, don't try to make other people's convictions your convictions as well. So, but at the same time, what Paul's also getting at, and when we get down a little bit further, is, is to be mindful of others. If, if you're going to stumble somebody because you're doing something, then don't fight it. Just move on. You don't need to, to, uh, to argue the, the fact. So over in 1 Corinthians 6.12, just a few chapters over, Paul says, All things are lawful for me, but all things are not helpful. All things are lawful for me, but I will not be brought under the power of any. So I I think about, um, I don't remember where I read the quote was, but if if eating that meat is going to stumble my brother, then I think my brother's more important. So the reality is, is this is brotherly love. And I'm not talking about like necessarily someone's a vegan and, you know, but maybe, maybe it is. Maybe in your, your family, people are, are grotesque by meat or whatever. Then it's not, if it's going to break up a friendship or a relationship or stumble somebody, 
then is it worth it? Is it worth the cost? Is it worth their conscience and your, you know, your, because um, you're going to feel it. You're going to feel the effects of it. It's food. What I think is funny is throughout the Old Testament, like Israelites um, complaining about manna and wanting the, the uh, all the, the plentiful food that they had before. And then even in the garden, it was food. It was Eve eating fruit. Well, they both ate of the fruit. But when she saw the fruit on the tree, how much food affects us? And then it affects us throughout our whole life. We can feel sick, we can gain weight, whatever it is. But, but really, to be careful with your appetite because it is something so testy. You know, we we can be um, persuaded. I mean, even Jesus in the garden after he fasted, how Satan was trying to tempt him with bread. You know, and and we 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 have to condition, as Paul says in another area, condition your body. You know, don't not in a sense you have to be all like you know bodybuilder every day, but don't let those things get to you. Don't give in to those temptations, especially if it's going to affect your brotherly, your brother, your sister in Christ. 26, for the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. So when he's telling them to eat, they can eat of the meat in the market. Don't worry about it. You can eat of it. It's not a big deal because guess who made that meat? The Lord. So in Psalm 24, 1, the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness, the world and those who dwell therein. God created all of it. He says what's good and what's not. And so he says we can eat of it. So eat of it. However, uh, verse 27, if any of those who do not believe, so an unbeliever invites you to dinner and you desire to go, you know, then go. Eat whatever is set before you, asking no question for conscious sake. So don't go purposely. These people weren't to go purposely to an unbeliever's house and go, um, the meat, is it, uh, is it good? Can I, did you sacrifice, what did you do with this meat? Like, <laughs> we don't really do that at people's house. Like, did you wash your hands before you made this food? Like, you, you're not going to ask those, you know, consider it, you're, you're considering the Lord. This is all of his anyways. This is his food. This is his body. Thank him for it and just eat. Um, but 28, if anyone says to you, this was offered to idols, do not eat it for the sake of the one who told you and for conscious sake, for the earth is the Lord's and all its fullness. He, he uh, quotes it twice there out of Psalm um, 24. So conscious, um, we don't use that word too often, but it, the meaning and when it's, uh, when you look at the word, the actual meaning in the Bible, it says conscience, the soul of distinguishing what is normally good and bad. So internal, your soul, distinguishing what is normal, normally good or bad, prompting you to either the former and shun the, lat- the, the latter or commending one and, and condoning the other. So you're either, it's your own conscience, your own um, decision basically you're going to follow through with what you're what you're doing so these people if they feel like this is bad or this is good don't argue with it it's kind of like trying to you know trying to convince someone else it's okay it's okay i had a jewish friend uh she was a, a christian that or she was a jew that converted to christianity but she still kept her jewish um traditions and she even though she wasn't under the law necessarily because really as christians we are we should follow the commandments. We should. But love is what covers all of it. If we're in walking in Christ, we're walking in love, it's 
We're not going to murder. We're not going to commit adultery. We're not going to do all those things. But um, she, as a Jew, still continued to keep the kosher laws and still very rigorously. And so if I had something to eat, it offended her. So I remember reading this. This was a long time ago, like 15 years ago. And she, But I had to abstain from those things because I didn't want to stumble my, my sister in Christ. It's like, okay, that's okay. Like, we don't need to eat it. Is it really worth it? A hot dog? Who cares? Like, it's not worth it. So, um, so for, for their conscience, consider, consider someone else. And it comes back to brotherly love. Consider the other. So 29, conscious, I say, not your own, but that of the other. For why is my liberty judged by another man's conscience? So if someone else is convicted that it's wrong, it doesn't mean that, um, that it's wrong necessarily for you, but they are bothered by it, so don't do it. It's very simple. Just don't don't partake of it. Um, I gave this as example last, I think it was last week, about my friend who she had struggled with alcoholism before, and uh, she'd gotten married. She was a believer. She had had a crazy life. Um, she'd been raped at 15, um, got pregnant. She had the baby, beautiful boy. And uh, she married this man, and they were both strong believers, serving in youth ministry. And he started bringing alcohol in the house because he said, well, I don't have a problem with it. Well, she did. She'd had a past problem. And to him, he thought, well, she just should get over it, basically. That was his attitude. And he brought alcohol in, and, you know, he thought, well, I can have a beer at at dinner. And he'd drink in front of her. It always bugged me because we'd eat over there, and I thought, wow, you're so mean, like, you know that she stumbles with this. You know that she had a problem. She's got all these children. And she got depressed, and she went back to alcohol and ended up losing her children. He took all the children. He just, not nice. He took them all, went to Washington, and her son ended up dying, the one that she, she had the, um, from the, the rape. I mean, this woman had went through a lot of stuff, and I just think had he just not had that alcohol in the house, what life would have been like? But this chain reaction, because his liberties, I'm fine. I don't have a problem with it. And so I don't want to stumble. I don't want to stumble my husband or my family. Um, you know, so take into consideration those things, you know. Maybe you don't have a problem with something, but maybe someone in your family does. Maybe your husband has a problem with something or your, your children or um, think about my sons. Like, I'm careful about what... You know, we'd go to the beach and I'd show their eyes because there's flesh everywhere, but um, can't do that forever. But it, you have to train them rightly. But don't allow those things in your house that are going to stumble somebody else. 30, but I partake with thanks. Why am I evil spoken of for the food over which I give thanks? So if you're going to thank the Lord for the food, you're grateful for the food, but then you're going to stumble somebody else, What's what's the point of it? 31, therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. So if we're going to glorify the Lord, how do we glorify the Lord? What did he tell us to, to do? To love our brother, right? To, to love the Lord with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength, and to love our brother, right? We, our neighbor, our brother. So by doing that, we, this should fall into place. I'm not going to allow... Uh, my choices to stumble somebody else. 32, give no offense either to the Jew or to the Greeks or to the church of God. Don't be offensive. If somebody's got a problem with it, it's okay. Don't fight it. Just as I also please all men 
in all things, not seeking my own profit, but the profit of many, that they may be saved. So Paul, he's not saying he's perfect. He's not proclaiming that. Like in, in 11.1, 1, if we go down to 11.1, it says, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. Paul's not boasting and saying, I am God and you need to follow me. He's saying, as I imitate Christ, because that's a bold statement to say. A lot of times um, as leaders, we want to say, don't look at me. Don't look, look, at, look at Christ. But the reality is if we're following Christ and Christ put us in a position, even if you're not in leadership, but you're an ambassador of Christ, each of you. If you have Christ dwelling within you, then you're an ambassador of his. And so you're, you should follow him and those should be able to imitate you as you imitate Christ. But like Paul said, he's not looking to please himself or to profit for himself, but how can you help somebody else? How can you be beneficial to them by putting others first? So my question is, or my statement to you is, um, let us consider others' well-being before our freedoms. Whatever it is, like try to be more conscious of that. Obviously, we're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. Um, and let us walk worthy of our call as Christians so that others can follow us. Because we're an imitator of, of Christ, but then there's always people younger than us. We think about Titus 2 a lot. I, I think about that all the time as the older women. Well, you're an older woman than somebody. You may not be in your 80s. You may not be in your 70s or 50s even, but you're, you're a big sister in a sense. And so you got to try to be that ex- example with the Lord's help. So we'll close on imitate me just as I imitate Christ. 1 Corinthians 11.1. 1. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you that um, you left us your word, Lord, that we have it and it's free right in our hands to, to try to learn from and understand. And Lord, just as... Um, we read about the Corinthians and we see the lifestyles that they had, we know we're not perfect either and we fall into these same pits. And we we may not have idolatry in the sense of pagan worship, Lord, but we do other things in our lives that are not pleasing to you and, and are a form of idolatry. And Lord, I just ask that you would help us to um, to flee from those things. Lord, give us a way out, as your word says, that you always give us a way out of those temptations. But I pray that each of us would be able to, to take away from this uh, an application of how can we make this alive in our lives to be different and to, to be more like you and to help others along in their faith. And we thank you and we love you in Jesus' name. Amen.